tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And when we say a world of creativity, we've traveled around the world, and especially today, it's relevant that we've been to all the Scandinavian capital cities. So Copenhagen, Stockholm, Helsinki, Oslo. But today, we get to go a long way out of the city. We're going to fly, we're going to take a ferry, we're going to go over a bridge, we're going out onto an island called Geska off the coast of Norway. And this is the home of a terrific recording studio, Ocean Sound Recording. And my guest today is Henning Sporen of Ocean Sound. Henning, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. A pleasure to be here. Representing such a, a beautiful setting. And we were just talking about how many people have profiled your studio for the unique setting. You look at it and it's a boathouse, but inside is a technology marvel for recording music. But really the setting of this island and the coastline and the beautiful sea and the mountains in the background. What is it about the setting itself that contributes to the creative process? Yeah, I think I remember when I was a kid and was dreaming of one day working in a studio. I, I was following Peter Gabriel's studio in Bath, outside in south of England. And he had a diary. This was before uh, the blogs and all that stuff. <laughs> On this actual website, you could see uh, him talking about how they built his studio, Real World. And it has a pond right in front of the control room and there's actually a river under some glass on the floor where the river actually flows through the studio because he had this idea that there's like creativity from flowing water and it sounds like some really pretentious bull and but it, i've just come to believe that it's something true about that but it might be just like something always moving and never being still which we have in the sense of the ocean outside the studio and i think that it's just like unconscious it's always there don't necessarily think about it but it's hell yeah certain processes Yes. Well, it's certainly uh, a contrast to maybe London or New York or, yeah, this is not somebody's basement. This is not a converted warehouse. You built it as a studio from the ground up. Yeah. And I was something that it shouldn't really work because at the time we built the studio in 2009, there was a lot of the like big studios around the globe were closing and we got a lot of... Uh, our equipment when we started from studio in Mayfair, now that's called Mayfair in London, which had just closed its doors. And so they were selling all the gear. We had the, like the console, which radio had, and Spice Girls and lots, Madonna, lots of famous artists had recorded the, their records on. And so we started and I think since we had uh, this different thing, it's actually have worked <laughs> against yeah. and it's also different. I'm still not in competition to any of the studios in the city, so I think we are still a little bit acquainted with the free owner of Mayfair Studio, which closed, and he follows us on our Instagram, and it's no bad blood, but yeah, we came out of like, maybe lots of studios closing, but we tried something a little bit different, and 
it seemed to work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I think when the artists come, certainly the setting is part of their process. They want to come there to be, to be isolated, but to also get some different creative inputs. So certainly the scene is set, but you mentioned the equipment. I couldn't help but laugh when you said Instagram. Yes, there's beautiful photos of the studio and its setting, but there's also the good gear pictures. Here's our amps and here's our engineers repairing those amps and tweaking them and preparing them for the artists. What is it inside then? the guts of the studio that attracts the artists. Yeah, it's always been important for us that it's not just a studio in a beautiful location. It's It has to be fully functioning and and like a top-notch <laughs> on the inside as well. So when we started, first and uh, foremost, it was uh, we worked with an American studio designer out of Seattle called Rick Vaughan, who helped us design it and build it and yeah we filled it with gear and we started out with like a bit of the gear was pretty analog we had tape machines and we we could do retro sounding stuff but we also it been it's been important to us to follow the trends and right now I'm sitting in our B studio which we've installed the Dolby Atmos system, which is the latest, the greatest <laughs> thing. Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. So it's important to have cutting edge digital stuff as well as the old tubes and warm uh, <laughs> goodness that we all love so much. <laughs> yes, and the warmth certainly. I imagine that there are artists who come there for the peace, the quiet, the isolation, and inspiration. But you've worked with all genres. There, there's not really a specialty of somebody who comes there just to do smooth, soft, spiritual, acoustic <laughs> recording. We've actually been, I'm not sure if it's happened yet, but we've been supposed to have, what's it called? Uh, yeah, music for, re just speech for relaxation, like yes. mantras. And I was going to record a week of Lady from Arabia. Like meditations and ASMR? I don't know, didn't happen. Yeah. Maybe you could think. But yeah, we've had all genres. In the beginning, we came out of our environment of maybe 60s pop, like a bit retro kind of pop music aesthetic or something. But what we didn't expect was to be a place for urban music. So we had, uh, for example, lots of German hip-hop. For some reason, they seem to like it a lot here, which we didn't expect at all. And yes, it's very di diverse. And we also do quite a bit of jazz uh, at the moment. There's Italian uh, artists there, or quintet. from. But they came here because they love the, the maybe Scandinavian jazz sound tradition or something. And <laughs> of course, area and stuff. Yes. Maybe the stuff we had least of is uh, black metal, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, there's always a chance. I liked how you said you're sitting in Studio B and there's an Italian jazz quartet over in Studio A. And I was thinking about as I read your website, that certainly, yes, the gear and the amps and all the boards and Dolby's and all. What about the instruments? You've also got a unique collection that I think the musicians, I always imagine the musicians come in, the groups with all their own gear and they're all their own instruments. But you also have a variety to choose from that might add to their sound. Yeah, that's maybe the difference from a studio in LA, for example, they would have a lot less instruments and amps and that stuff. And they hire in 
or yeah, the bads bring their own gear. But since we're so remote, lots of people come by plane. We have to have yeah have our own gear so they can travel light and yeah. But yeah, the cool thing is we also had some. We had had a, one of my favorite Norwegian bands called Motorcycle, which I've been a fan of since I was a kid. And I finally asked. I was finally asked to work with them on a, as an engineer a couple of years ago, and. Their guitar player, he lives just in Trondheim, <laughs> which is a Norwegian city. And he decided to, he's not going to bring any guitars or any pedals or anything. He's just going to use what's in the studio because the, a different instrument will inspire him to play something different than he normally would. We also try to have a bit weird instruments lying around, like strategically placed around <laughs> the studio. So if you get stuck with a song you're working on, hey, why don't you try this weird Indian thing? I'm not sure what it's called, but it's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's got a great sound you might like. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about when you say getting stuck, it's quite a commitment of time and resources. For a band to show up in the island off of the coast of Norway, you don't have time to be stuck, I wouldn't no. think. But uh, what sort of unstuckness? <laughs> How do we, um, whether it's the score or whether it's the melody or whether it's the lyrics, what sort of uh, techniques do not only you in the studio, but the bands themselves, how can they get unstuck? Yeah, I think... Uh... It's yeah. It's it can be small things like that with a, a new instrument might be something that sparks a new idea, and it's all it's also a mentality thing that we try to always be open for any ideas that uh, if we're working with a group, yes, some somebody might have an idea that's not necessarily genius, but if you try it, it it might lead you down to new things to try out some. So that in the end, <laughs> you end up with something that is not necessarily genius. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yes. And I think we imagine the board engineer or something being the silent partner. Hey, just push the button, run the board, make us sound great. But what is indeed, though, your contribution to the whole creative effort? Yeah, I hope that try. I'm fighting a little bit for engineers to be recognized as creative people because i think most of us are in it for yeah, we're in it to make great music not to turn knobs <laughs> <laughs> turning knobs itself is not the reason why i'm working here if you but it's also a great opportunity for us as with an outside perspective for the musicians to be someone who looks who is not that close to the project and have a bit fresh ears and fresh perspective and we also are trained in or looking at the big picture of the song and where a musician who is playing a part or something might be stuck on the details of the how to play it or not necessarily thinking about how it re relates to the vocal or like the big what we're trying to achieve I think we as engineers and producers easily take that role of helping them to realize the whole vision of the song. Yes, certainly <laughs> they have a vision. Yes, yeah. and you're there to actualize it for sure. Yeah.
But there's also plenty of stories in music about a random guitar riff or some sample that was just off in the corner that somebody says, wow, we never expected this. Or you put a tweak on it that we hadn't heard before. What about those light bulb moments? Yeah, it's definitely something about setting you up for those random moments of luck. And yeah, it can be to have some sounds or samples ready to throw in and yeah, work work on and and so much of it is being inspired by a, a little sound someone makes and you might pick up on it and taking it in a new direction and then it's the team teamwork and where it's become something that neither of the people working on had planned kind of <laughs> yes yes we've been talking a lot about what's happening inside the studio but let's go outside for a moment because you guys are very involved in the whole uh, music scene, aren't you? Mm. And you're listening yep. to bands. You really started, a, I read anyway, with the Margarets, the home studio for that group. But uh, what sort of new sounds and new trends are you hearing out in the festivals and the clubs in Norway? Yeah, I think it's it's for sure an exciting time now. And we're lucky to have quite a bit of the new artists in the studio as well. And we have something called Musikprisen, which is a music prize in <laughs> just straightforward in English, uh, which uh, it's a competition where they can win like one week in the studio as well as uh, playing at a big like football stadium festival. Mm-hmm. So, it's, uh, so we actually had some pretty big region artists coming up through that system. As far as trends overall it's in Norway, I'm not sure if I want big trend, but I feel there's a lot of people taking chances of on doing their own things and finding their own sounds in their own way, which we work quite a bit on the pop format music that's supposed to do well on playlists mm-hmm. on the radio. And the format there is can be a bit too in the box with yes. a, have set number of bars and structure and so forth. But we're pretty happy to be able to work on more experimental music, which might inspire the what will become like the pop yeah, music that musicians listen to. If yes. that makes sense. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. And this yeah. is the balance, isn't it? You want to be popular. You want to be on the radio. You want to be on the Spotify playlist. But you also want to break through and you don't want to be cookie cutter with the pop trends. Yes. Yeah, so How do you find that balance? Yeah, that's a big challenge challenge and it can often be in the little details and how you navigate the production and what sounds you use and structure but as well as instruments i find there's usually small tweaks or twists you can do that makes it interesting while staying in or flow and i often think about songs as maybe you would a movie like a hollywood movie where you have a gray line that draws you in and resolves in the end the song needs to pull the listener from one section to the next and that's where we as engineers and producers can do a lot with intensity and drama inside the track Oh, it's exciting. Not sure if that answered your question. Well, it definitely does because, like I say, people want their own fingerprint and they yeah. have a vision for the music. And to some extent, they want to be taste makers, or not yeah, taste yeah, followers, yeah. If, right? If, 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 yeah, if you become a taste maker, you've done it big time. Yeah. 
Yeah. We mentioned some of the music and genres you have had a chance to work on and maybe a couple you haven't. But as you look ahead, you're making your own plans. You're making connections. Hopefully being on a podcast like this, new people will hear about it. What are you hoping to work on? What sort of taste making do you have in mind? There's, there's an American band called The War on Drugs. I'm not sure if you are familiar with them. But... For sure. Yeah, yeah. That's that they've taken something classic. It's Bruce Springsteen, or there's like a, an American tradition there, but in a new package, or it's presented in a extremely tasteful way. I would say. So at the same time, I think I've actually talked discussed this with my colleague the other day. That of course it would be cool to to work on the next Radiohead record or maybe on an Elton John thing, but <laughs> at the same time, the I think the most exciting thing would be to be working on the next Radiohead or the next Elton John, which we don't know who is yet. Yes, if that makes sense. I don't think we knew Arcade Fire maybe yeah. when you worked yeah. on them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I think we. We should go into every musical project like with all your heart and because you don't know treated the right way can go places. Yes, the Mm. right studio, the right producer, and of course Mm. the right talent, all Mm. ingredients in that. Yes, yes. Let's continue to paint the picture of your location. I'm so intrigued by the fact that you're out on this island and you were telling me there's no cafes, no grocery store, no anything. What's it like to stay there for a week or so and live there and really focus and immerse yourself on the music? Yeah, it's like from a logistic point of view, it's a little bit inconvenient. With it. So we usually ha- have the artist rent a car so they can go either to the city and to a cafe or just to the grocery shop. And most people actually make their food in the kitchen in the studio and just stay there. And yeah, I think for the musicians too, it's if it seems like they enjoy that they get to spend their meals together, they wake up at the same time and go to bed, uh, have eat together and make music together. And it's uh, rare for them to, to be spending so much time together so they come closer as uh, human <laughs> humans. And when I started working in Ocean Sound, I actually I did live a bit further away. So I actually slept in one bedroom in the studio with the bands and stuff. And was a very nice couple years for me because I got to hang out with these old maybe or these veteran musicians and hear their stories in the evening and make music. Got a little bit stressful in after some years so I moved out. Yeah but that's definitely something about that too like the social yeah. you've touched on a big part of the creative process we often hear and that is when there's teams involved you need to know each other as people not just mm-hmm. as maybe playing your part in a band yeah that uh, and that's also i think a little bit key to being successful tech engineer and producer is to be able to quickly Assess not necessarily the personality as a whole on the people you're working with to get an idea of of their a little bit of their personality and what where they want to go musically and so that, good that of course uh, is interlocked. <laughs> yes, my guest has been Henning Sporn of Ocean 
sound recording in Giska, Norway. And Henning, as we close, I'd like to come back to this idea of the part or the role that the studio and the engineer can play. Obviously, the band has talent. The band wants to capture their vision. B besides being the drummer, the guitar player, the vocalist, the bassist, what role does the studio and the engineer play in executing that musical vision? I think I think a good studio and like environment and recording process can take something good to amazing or the sky's the limit because it's an integral part <laughs> of uh, yeah making music I think because in the end the music is coming out of speakers it's it's a technical process but it's also a creative process <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Henning, can't thank you enough. I've really enjoyed our conversation, getting to know you better and the studio better. Thank you. I'm touched by your enthusiasm, both for the music making process and our studio. So I'm really happy to be here. Well, I'd love to include Giske in my travel itinerary. See that, see where the real creativity is. Uh, yes, yes. Very good. Listeners, you can connect with Henning and his team at oceansound.no. And as Henny mentioned, they have a great Instagram. It's Ocean Sound Recordings on Instagram. Henny, thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. And listeners, let's continue our worldwide travels. We've stopped off at the fjords of Norway at Oceanside Recordings today. Check out their website. Beautiful photographs. It'll really inspire your creativity just to see what's going on there. But let's continue our travels. We'll continue to talk to creative practitioners of all kinds. We love talking with singer-songwriters and producers and illustrators and designers, architects, restaurateurs, anybody who is putting their creativity to their craft. We love to talk to and get inspired. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. We'll see you next time. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. Our podcast is supported by Adobe in the Adobe Creative Cloud, the world's best creative app and services, so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. We use Adobe to help make this podcast using Audition, InDesign, and more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and let's make something better, unlocking your world of creativity.